0: This is
1: Make It Curry. Make It Curry. M. I. P. With
0: Massimilia Matfumo.
1: Mark Thompson.
0: Make It point.
1: Get Woke I think I'm set up to go. Let me see. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Okay. I'm going to try this new little format. This doesn't look bad. I can work with this. And it will be cool on the TikTok with the people. (laughs) With the youngs. With the youngs.
2: (laughs) We're trying to stay young.
1: Marcos now, folks, just talking about social media. And and I I was on a call yesterday, folks. and, And first of all, good day. Happy Thursday. This is the first Thursday coast of 2024. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, Happy New Year to Happy King Day week and all the good things. I was talking to someone today who's a little younger than me. Who's probably significantly younger. And they talked about how they looked up to me as an elder. Oh, <laughs> and I-, I took the compliment, but I had to explain to them that in the movement, I'm not actually an elder yet. And that there are elders in the movement who would be offended if they, if I was given uh, premature elder status, I, I yeah, you too, too much of a young upstart. <laughs> Just chronologically, you got to be a certain age, accomplishment, and wisdom. I'm not that peer, so I'm I'm literally in the sandwich. I was explaining, I'm literally in the sandwich generation. I can, I'm I'm with the
2: young people. I'm still there, but I'm not quite an elder yet. We'll get. I, you know what, I I've been doing some work with a coach, healer, therapist type, and and. a lot of changes in my life. And one of the things that we've been discussing is that now I'm on on the other side of 50. So this new phase is what do I want to be moving forward? And really, honestly, what I've landed on is I I like the notion of being an elder statesman. Like, I don't have the energy that young activists have. I I, I had that once and and too many responsibilities, like kids, and I'm, I'm just a little tired. But I have all this knowledge and all these things I've learned and all this wisdom I've gotten I wish I had 20 years ago and so I like the idea of being in a place where I can impart some of that wisdom to that younger generation and that means elder statesman status and when I was thinking like what what is the ideal person what do I want to really aspire to it really came down to Jimmy Carter mark just somebody who commands has so much wisdom and it command so much respect and is so helpful and selfless and right. committed to a life of service right. but isn't running stuff anymore he's not <laughs> he's not in the middle of the fight and so it appeals to me and i'm not quite jimmy carter yet you know i'm only 52 i've got, I've got some years of fight left in me but as i transition to this new phase of my life like i think that's where i want to end up in by the time i'm about, around 60 so in about five to 10 years, I'd like to be there. I I like that, I like that. Elder Statesman's great. I I think it's a little more chill, but you're still part of the fight.
1: No, and and, and that's what I found is that I can move between the youth and the elders Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. both kind of depend on me. And You are very transitional. Yeah, (laughs) right, I mean, it's called the sandwich generation, I'm right in there. Uh, So I'm literally in between the young people and the Jeremiah rights. I'm literally having conversations with that span of trans-generation right there. So that I'm honored, that's good, that's a good feeling. But man, let me tell you why it's good what you just said. Aspiring to be Jimmy, that's not the only reason to aspire to be Jimmy Carter. We don't know anybody, nobody can name anybody who's been in hospice for a year and a half. Hospice <laughs> is usually when it's a wrap. And I have a theory that the life Jimmy Carter chose is what has blessed him with his longevity. Yeah. Okay. So maybe that's the answer to having an adding another fifty years to what you got now. So listen, I've been saying to everybody we need we need to be talking about is what is Jimmy Carter done and what is he doing to have outlived no good Gerald Ford, no good Ronald Reagan, no good H. W. Bush, all the people who maligned him.
2: <clears throat>
1: yeah. As a friend of mine says, in the grave," and yeah. and he and God bless him, he lost his wonderful wife. But she lived to be almost 100. <laughs> no, I think that's all the more reason <laughs> to want to emulate Jimmy Carter. If I had a chance to talk to him again and say, hey, man, we got to talk. What, what do you eat? What, what, <laughs> are, what, what are you doing with yourself, man? Mm-hmm. Because you are... When you say somebody's going... When you get the call that a loved one's going to hospice, y'all, what do you... It, yeah. What do you... Yeah. And then you got brain cancer? You have brain cancer? Yeah. So, no, it, we all should try to be... <laughs> uh-huh. Jimmy Carter. And it's deserving after what he went through. He was a good guy. He got a, got a came in at a bad time, got a bad shake. <laughs> just had some cars that were dealt with him and it's turned out to be one of the more principled, probably the most historically principled and consistently principled Seriously? and ethical and moral president, command-in-chief that this country has ever
2: had. Mark, that the stuff that the Christian Coalition claims... That they want to see in people that was him, if they actually believed what they spoke, if they believed in their in their Bible and their preachings and their their morality, they would have rallied around Jimmy Carter because he is he personifies everything that is good about <clears throat> the Christian faith, and uh, instead they rallied around Donald Trump, which is the antithesis of what the Christian faith is supposed to be. So I. I think that exposes it more than anything else.
1: And, and we'd be remiss if we not, did not say, even in his Christian faith, Jimmy Carter outspokenly resigned from the Southern Baptist Convention. That was a big deal. That wasn't something you did in, in that time. And even though that was in the past 20, 25 years, that still was controversial for him to do. He still has, there, I think there are more people up until his illness, that attended his weekly Sunday school class, that attended a lot of services on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so even as a minister, there's admiration and something for me to learn from Jimmy Carter. Yeah, we folks, we holding on, and and Marcos now still young, we ain't out of the game yet. Yeah, yeah, though. 50, 50, <laughs> 50 is a new forty. Now Marcos has a little bit more on me, and since Marcos now we're friends, we talk about all We don't mind talking about this stuff with y'all. All day. The other, another secret. the other advantage you have over me, Marcos, in terms of age, is your children's ages. When your children are, get to be in their 30s, that's when it really hits you. I got 30-something-year-old children. And, I was, and let me tell you how I learned. I was on a plane with a guy literally from Kentucky a few months ago. And believe it or not, his name was Mark Thompson. A white guy. <laughs> okay. Born the same year as me. We both born the same year. We both at the time were 56. I just turned 57 in December. And he said, Man, you feel old. I said, No, Mark, I don't feel old. I feel fine. He said, But think about it. When you acknowledge that your children are in their 30s, doesn't that make you feel old? I said, Yeah, now that you mention it, I have a 30 31 year old daughter. <laughs> Damn. You know, I just kinda <laughs> My oldest is 20 and that's old enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, that, but that give that's the advantage. That gives you a little grace. That gives you yeah. no grace. So you're good, man. That's, that's, that's a good thing. So, man, so much going on. I don't know why I want to start with this, but I, I'm going to go ahead and start with it. What does Nikki Haley think she's doing? I just don't see any possibility of anything. She, he's not going to pick her. I don't think she wants to be picked for the running mate. Yeah, no, it's, it's not I, that. I don't know. what What is it that she actually... And then, of course, by extension, DeSantis, just a straight clown. I mean, they, they, neither of them on their worst day has a path to the nomination. I think we have accepted that even if this guy is convicted of everything, he had a total meltdown in the courtroom yesterday at E.G. and Carroll. We'll get into that. But even if he's in handcuffs, the people are going to vote for him in this primary.
2: Yeah. I I think the hope was <clears throat> the Nikki Haley hope was that the scandals would wear him down. And just it's just not happening. So the, her path right now, and it's not a good path, and nobody says it's gonna happen, but it's it's the path, is that she somehow pulls off an upset in New Hampshire. The there's some there's a very crappy pollster. American Research Group are terrible. They have it at 50-50. 40-40, 50, I think is what it was. The more respectable Suffolk University poll has it at Trump 50, Haley 36, and DeSantis 6. Now, DeSantis, <clears throat> DeSantis is, he's not even contesting New Hampshire. There's a chance that Nikki Haley may get up into the low 40s. And then it may be a turnout issue. We saw that Quite frankly, Trump's victory in Iowa, to me, is a huge red flag for his campaign. He got 51%. Half of the most committed partisan Republicans, older white, because it's Iowa, half of them went at somebody else. I think that's a real problem for Donald Trump. This is the kind of result that knocked LBJ out. He just quit. LBJ said, okay, I'm not going to even try to get reelected. Jimmy Carter had the same problem with with Teddy Kennedy. And so when an incumbent and, and Donald Trump's an incumbent, let's we I mean, he serves as an incumbent. With a incumbent candidate for the Republicans, he's the incumbent. They actually think he's president.
1: No, you're right. You're right. Um, they do. They do. He, yeah, he's president. Right.
2: And um, <laughs> for him to not be able to get more than a significant. I mean, let's put it this way. Imagine if Joe Biden got 51 percent in a primary. Just imagine the hysterical media reaction if Joe Biden early on, when RFK Jr. first got into the race, and there was some really early polling, and it had Biden at seventy-five percent and RFK at twelve percent. The media was like, "Oh, Joe Biden's in trouble in the punditry," and he was in the seventies. Now you get a, in an actual election, Donald Trump can barely get half, and it looks like New Hampshire is going to be the same thing. If the polling's correct, he's going to be about half of the electorate. So there's a place where Nikki Haley does maybe potentially either she's at forty eight percent, but it's holy crap, like people really even Republicans don't like Donald Trump. Or she actually she wins and things are shuffled. Now there's a the problem though, is that then Nikki Haley has to go to South Carolina, and yeah, she was governor twice, but South Carolina is very Trumpy. Like it, that's those are white redneck. Trump-type voters, the, the Republican partisan, the Republican primary electorate is very Trumpy. And then beyond that, it gets really tough to see how Haley can actually build the organization, build, raise the money to be able to compete with Trump and his universal name ID. And quite frankly, she's a woman and she's brown. And even that presents challenges, as we've seen with her inability to answer the question about slavery or talk about... America was never a racist country. She can't have those conversations, honestly, and hope to have any chance. So she's in a tough place. Now, it's in our interest that she dragged us out because Trump's being, Trump's not doing well. Trump seems he's slower. He makes a lot of mistakes. He's stumbling. He feels, he looks stressed. And he already went full out racist with Nikki Haley. So we know that, that the more she sticks around, the more bizarre he will get. Will that have an effect in a general election? Maybe, because remember, the one swing constituency right now in this country are college-educated suburban white people, mostly women, but I think even men are starting to get a little worried. And the the crazier Trump acts, I think the more it helps move that constituency over. there's one last data point. In in Iowa, Ann Seltzer was the best poster in the country. She only pulls Iowa, so it's easier because it's all white. You don't have to deal with it. It's old. So it's an easier state to poll. So her, but she's nailed Iowa. Like she, every election, she nails Iowa. She did it in the primary, in the caucuses as well at this time. She found that of Nikki Haley supporters, 50% of them would vote for Joe Biden over Donald Trump. She got 19% of the vote. That's 8, 9%. Let's say the poll was a little optimistic. The margin of error. Let's say it's 5%. 5% of Republicans switch this time around, people who would vote for a Republican in the primary, if they switch and they vote for Joe Biden in November, it's not going to even be close. So there's a lot of warning signs here for Trump. And the media is so fixated on he won by 30 points. No, that was a good question. The not Trump vote was 50%, almost 50%. Half of Republicans would rather have somebody else. That's Me. meaningful.
1: And we don't know that that there were any Democrats necessarily that switched over to be, be
2: in the Republican primary, do we? No, it wasn't. There was no Democrats switching over. Yeah, yeah, there was no organized effort to do that. Nobody was trying to make that happen. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. No.
1: Then that is significant.
2: A- a- at
1: least Nikki not saying uh, what Hillary Clinton said in. When uh, twenty two thousand eight, remember when Obama had the delegates and she wouldn't get out of the race? Yeah. And then Hillary said, bless her heart. <clears throat> she had a lot of gaps then. She said, I have to stay in the race because you know what happened to RFK.
2: Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah. That was a really interesting race. I don't know if you remember. Um, Obama won Iowa. He was cruising to win New Hampshire. Had he won New Hampshire, the race would have been over. And then in that debate in New Hampshire, he said that Hillary was likable enough and it just really turned people off. And so it was a it was a bit of a comedy of errors. Yeah, those first yeah, few contests. Yeah, and it just yeah. that ended up dragging out the thing longer than it should have. But yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I remember when she made the RFK gaff and I was sitting next to Dick Gregory and I'll never forget what he said. He said, Mark, look at her. She looks like she doesn't even believe she said that. Uh, and then she, had to, you know, you say something and you realize, oh my God, I can't believe I said that. And then, you know, she had apologized, but. Yeah, that's why
2: I'm <laughs> never running for office. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that one of those every single day.
1: And, and I was yeah. saying to someone else too, the other day, to Biden's credit and people, people can talk about his age and how unprepared or, or how old he might be, but. When he was younger, he was more gaff-prone, wasn't he? You you would have thought by now—I mean, in his younger that days— his G- That yeah. was his brand. That like, was his brand. had a good plan, too, yeah. Mr. Gaff. Now <laughs> yeah. that he's gotten older, I'm like, well, dude, whatever's going on with his aging process, at least he's not saying crazy things like he would have said back in the day.
2: He's learned to not—he has to think about everything he says— Three times. <laughs> said, right, right. I mean right. I'm sure you have to process. You must have a process because
1: it was yeah. yeah. And they give him those little cheat sheets too, those little pieces of paper. People knock yeah. that, but hell, I wouldn't fight that. Give me some little piece of paper. I don't mind. I don't My ego ain't like that. I you just keep it focused. Uh, I'll take, I'd be
2: like, Don't tell me what to say. <laughs> and then crazy
1: shit. I'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. So that's Nikki Haley. What do you think about Chris Christie dropping out? Do you think there's any credence to the uh, speculation that he actually himself would endorse Joe Biden?
2: Oh, yeah, maybe. It was clear that he joined the race to to basically F over Trump. Like, he wasn't really trying to win. He was trying to like kneecap Donald Trump. And, and so when he dropped out and he endorsed Mickey Haley, again, it served that purpose. So it would follow. I don't think there's anybody... Chris Christie may be literally the most unpopular politician in the country. So ain't nobody like him. So I'm not sure what value that would have, but, but I guess there's a story, nothing else is a one-day story about how Republicans are turning on Trump. And we're seeing that. He is not the dominant figure that people continue to insist that he is. And it's just weird to me that the political press has fumbled that story as badly as it has. Because I guarantee you, Joe Biden got 70% in a primary, the, he would, everybody would be declaring him dead on arrival. And here's Trump with 50
1: yeah, DeSantis. I I don't know how how much longer does he even is he. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah, made a good a case for Nikki in terms of her relevance, but DeSantis. What yeah. about?
2: There's nothing. He, he Any time a politician skips a contest, which is what he's doing with New Hampshire, it, it I don't think it has ever worked out in the history of primary politics, and <clears throat> obviously the problem that. Nikki Haley at least has taken some shots at Trump. She hasn't gone full force against him, but I mean, she's taken her occasional shots. DeSantis still is too afraid to really criticize Trump, to take a stance on everything. And he just, he always sees out there and he looks weak and lost and kind of pathetic. And his brand of fascism is not even resonating with Republicans. It's actually, in a way, it's a little encouraging. But it's sad. And uh, honestly, there's no path for him. There's zero path. He's the most unlikable person in the campaign. I don't think anybody likes him.
1: And, and then he's doubling down. The latest news even today is that he's trying to push forward regulations and legislation that would outlaw diversity, equity and inclusion throughout the state. And, I, and when I heard that, I'm like, well, do you think that that's going to help you in the presidential race? Because you're done. What are you doing? Now, you're done. And, and as soon as someone comes up, either steals a pair of boots or comes up with a definitive boot lift
2: evidence, he is done. All right. So it's, if Florida Democrats can not bounce back with with his very extensive overreach, polls show it's not popular in Florida. So he, he's not exactly doing the bidding of the people of Florida. If, if Florida, Florida Democrats can't bounce back, if they can't use this to to tar Rick Scott and make the Senate race a campaign, if they can't put up a solid gubernatorial candidate in two years, then it's over. I don't know. He's Very few governors are out of touch with their status, Ron DeSantis is right now.
1: A couple of things where we go, what do you think about Trump's behavior in the, in the- E. Gene Carroll piece. I I think that what the the corporate media has to understand when he's going off in these courtrooms, he knows they're going to cover it. And that keeps him out there. So it's kind of you got to say that he acted a fool. But to, to go too much into it, that's why he's doing it. That's what keeps him in his mind relevant and on the minds of people. But he's losing it no no, and no regular person could go into a courtroom and confront a judge on the bench in the way he has without being locked up that particular moment, yeah, for yeah. contempt. I got locked up for contempt for a month for being late
2: to court, yeah, yeah, I don't the his cries about being persecuted obviously ring hollow, there's a different system for him. he's being treated with kid gloves, and quite frankly, judges have to do it right. She, they have to be as clean as possible to deny Trump's legal team any avenue for appeal. So it is a different standard, and it's a little frustrating. But again, I, I don't think I think it helps rally his base. But his base is thirty percent. We're seeing this in the primaries. It's just not his rabid base is not a anywhere near a majority of the country. And I'm not sure how he thinks his antics are particularly helpful in a general election. And, and and this is where you start. Again, you get you get conspiratorial, right? Like he I don't there's nothing about Trump's campaign that says I'm gonna win fifty percent of the American people. Like nothing. And I don't know is that its strategy or is that just because Trump is Trump and he's uncontrollable. He's like you know, I say don't tell me what to do, what to say. Trump is not even a—it's not even a, a moral decision. He is all lizard brain. He's always reactive, so he's throwing his arms up and he's coughing at the judge and he—and I don't think there's a bone in him that says I'm doing this because I'm, I'm going to be in the news. He just can't control himself. This is, I think, an innate, uncontrollable part of him, and so any campaign that works with them, they can't be like, "Not only is the polling says it's not." Her. This is not helping. We need to win college educators for with white women. So you need to be more this or you need to be more that. There's just no talking to him. He does whatever the hell he wants. And it's not even a conscious decision. And so it's not helping him in courtrooms. On the legal front, it's not helping him. It's not helping him on the political side. I don't know. Is it rallying his base? His base is already rallied, right? They're like, it's a cult. It's weird to me that he thinks that he needs to be in that courtroom. I think it demeans, it diminishes him, and it hurts him politically and legally to be in those courtrooms when he doesn't have to be. There's nothing about those right. legal cases that required him to be present. Right. And it judge made that clear to him. Right. You don't even have to be here. Yeah, I think it's a problem for me. I, I, I would not want to be Donald Trump's campaign or the Republicans moving into this election. This doesn't mean I'm saying Joe Biden's going to coast to victory. Let's not get have- ahead <laughs> It means that we have to do the work we have to do, but assuming we all work as hard as I know we will, because it's an existential threat to our democracy, I would rather BS than vote.
1: is going to uphold the Fourteenth Amendment.
2: <clears throat> I, I hell <laughs> <who> knows. <laughs> I don't trust SCOTUS to do anything. It's it's probably not out. It's, it's... <laughs> probably not i just assume the worst. And I'm just assuming the worst until we can actually win a solid majority, win a ma- keep our majority in the Senate, get rid of the filibuster, expand the Supreme Court, and then we can, I think, rest easier.
1: Lastly, we we started out talking about our fleeting youth and our for ourselves, but you actually, folks, Marcos actually has a headline lately. Uh, was it was actually before the holidays, but we didn't get to talk about it. Taylor Swift is conservatism's greatest foe.
2: Oh my God. It, this is a. We <laughs> have Taylor Swift, who's probably, it's is objectively the biggest music sensation since, since Elvis Presley. Just record sales and number one hits. And the only two artists that surpass her. At this point are Elvis and the Beatles, and she is nipping at the heels of the Beatles. She is a sensation beyond sensation. Her support is mainly centered around young people and uh, particularly young women. And, and she, in one Instagram story, not a grid, I don't know if you guys know, stories just last for 24 hours. One Instagram story, she got 68,000 of her fans to register to vote. She is a potential major political force and Republicans have decided to make her public enemy number one. It, it's the most bizarre situation. When you have somebody that big and that powerful, you you ignore her. But you're basically, what, what's happening is every time they attack her, she doesn't have to say nothing. She can keep quiet. She stays above, she's classy. But her fans are keeping track of that and they're keeping track of all these E-hole conservative men and personalities. You have, have Tucker Carlson talking about how she is a psychological operation of the Pentagon to corrupt America's youth. It's just nuts, the stuff they're saying. And her fans circulate this stuff. And her fans have made uh, Trevor Kelsey's jersey the number one selling NFL jersey. I mean, this is not just because they're dating, right? And her fans are tracking this stuff. And they're getting politically activated. And they're getting politically activated on the side of the Democrats because that's the opposition. And Republicans, what you're supposed to be doing is suppressing the youth vote. You're supposed to be be suppressing key Democratic constituencies, and they are activating it more than anything I can possibly see. And I actually took a look at her tour schedule, and she's got this block of time off around the DNC convention, the Democratic convention. So I do wonder if she is going to speak or perform, or both of them, hopefully, at the Democratic Convention, I think always, as a catalyst own. for the youth vote, she will be absolutely huge. Yeah, no, in her tour before the the weeks before the election is running through Florida, and yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually and let that Florida is particularly a, a competitive state these days. But no, I don't no, know, Ron DeSantis is doing his best to piss people off, and, and abortion is such a cre- it's going to be a bigger issue in Florida because of restrictions that he's pushed through and. Portion is going to be a critical issue in this campaign. And if she activates young voters to vote at the same rate as other age groups, it's oh, that's one of the ways. Remember, <clears throat> here's, here's the, the quick math because this is important. Right now, we're about a 52% Democratic country, 48% Republican in elections. What that means is just a little bit of a drop off in Democratic support. Republicans win. 52 to 50, boom, Republicans are there. Th- move it three points, get the Democratic performance to 55%, and then you're talking at 10-point cushion, 55-45. 10-point cushion, you can bleed some support here or there, and it's okay, you still win. Three points, that's all they need is to push three points. And one of the ways to push that three points is to get youth turnout to match the same rate as other age groups. If she can pull that off, and she could pull that off, the math says she could pull that off, she could single handedly get us that magical fifty-five forty-five.
1: I tell you right now, if she's gonna if you're reading that right and and the conspiracy theory, your conspiracy theory is that she may be at the Democratic convention. Folks, I think that uh on behalf of Daily Coast and Make It Plain, we can project that United- <laughs> 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 it's been reelected president. We're going to do it. Y'all remember this day, Thursday, January 18th. If Ain't she we... goes to Democratic <laughs> Convention, we are projecting on January 18th. Because, let's do some more math here. Let's do some more math. These are young women. And these young women have mothers, many of whom are the suburban college educated in the suburban <laughs> college educated white women <laughs> category. Yeah, it is... Phenomenally stupid to go after her. Y'all keep it up. Keep going after Taylor Swift. Keep it up. Keep up the good work.
2: Go after Taylor Swift. And then we have potentially competitive Senate seats in Florida and in, in Texas. And that may be the sort of bump we need to, to get those over the edge and at least make them competitive and maybe our difficult seats, like in Arizona and where else is difficult this time, Montana, Ohio. Yeah, so we need all the help we can get, and Republicans are doing so much to help us with the youth vote by going after Taylor Swift. It's just I can't fathom how stupid they are to do this. Just ignore her, but they can't. They're like obsessed. It's weird. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I've never <laughs> been to a Taylor Swift concert, but I know I've heard about how tremendous it is. I, I did go, as you all know, I went to the Beyonce concert in Louisville.
2: Three hours long. You yeah, have yeah. to stamina. Yeah, yeah.
1: But no, it's, it, it, but when, when you go to those kind of things, Marcos, and again, gets back to our age. If you went, you'd be transformed. There's energy and stamina you didn't know you had. Because they what they do with these things nowadays, it, it's such a sensory uh-huh. experience. So when Beyonce called and was like, called Tamika Mallory and said, we want you to come to Louisville and bring Breonna Taylor's mom, which was really tremendous of her to do. And she's and your friend with the beard, bring him. Chilling, no matter. <laughs> so I've been saying to people, if Beyonce ever learns my name and calls me by my name, <laughs> then it, 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 I'm not doing the show anymore. None of you all ever know me again? <laughs> will be complete. <laughs> Marcos will be like, I used to be able to get on Mark's calendar, but I can't anymore. He's gotten so big and unreachable. <laughs> <laughs> Since Beyonce has called him by name, he's he's Beyonce. So no, the, but that's what these celebrities can do, and I think we know what what Beyonce is inclined to do. Taylor's one person; she's the powerhouse. But if everybody lines
2: up, yeah, we oh, oui, we can get this there's, done. Please, there's a lot please, of ways Trump. to get to that 55. There's a lot of ways: black voter turnout, Latino voter turnout, youth. It, it's there are constituencies that don't vote at the levels that they could, and. Could push his could be 5%. It's doable. And Trump is such an existential threat that he's going to motivate like nobody else. And his base is literally shrinking. They're still dying of COVID. Let's, the COVID is still a factor. I went 1,500 people die a day from COVID. And it's mostly older, older white people, basically. It's rural people, it's rural older white people, which are predominantly Republican. His base is still dying from COVID as well as just natural causes. It's just older. And so it's shrinking and it's clearly not growing. And again, he can he could only barely get half of the most rabid supporters of his party in Iowa. It looks to be the same thing in New Hampshire. And he is sort of their incumbent. It's he's not the juggernaut that he is. And he doesn't look well on the campaign trail and he's losing his mind on all these trials. And he's just disjointed. There's no real message it's weird. He's just weird at this point. Yeah. Creepy, weird guy. And sweat and sweating a lot. <clears throat> and yeah. then social media, there's,
1: there's uh, stories now about how bad he smells.
0: <laughs> Have you seen
1: those?
2: And There's <laughs> this picture yesterday about he had blood on his hands. Like, he had these blisters. And people are making jokes about leprosy and whatnot. but are leprosy <laughs> It, it looks like leprosy. i mean, like, I wonder what his evangelical supporters <laughs> would think if he had leprosy. It was very biblical, but probably fell. Like, it looks like he maybe fell and, and scraped his hand. He's just not, he's just not. It's leprosy. Um, but also we all have to remember that the battle is bigger than Donald Trump, right? He's just part of it. We yeah. need to yeah. hold and hopefully expand our lead in the Senate. It's, it's a very difficult map, but the climate is looking more and more like it. it's doable. We just won, Mark. We just won a special election legislative seat in Florida in a district that Ron DeSantis won by eight points. Wow! Like wow. it's wow. That's amazing. People are That's still amazing. we're still overperforming in all the special elections, and and yeah, people freak out about the polls that show that the race is close in the battleground state for presidential. It is close. We're going to have to fight for that. Like, just there's no sugarcoating in that. But let's fight for those. Let's win the House. Let's expand our lead in the Senate. I think it's. Possible, and then suddenly we are in a much better. We get rid of the filibuster. We expand the Supreme Court. We're in a much, much, much better place. Joe Manchin's gone. Cinema's gone. So we hold the Senate. Those are the last two pieces holding back the filibuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Great. This is good news. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.
1: Folks, uh, dailycoast.com. be sure to start your new year off right, getting up to speed, with Daily Coast, one of our favorite websites, news you can do something about. Marcos is always my friend. Again, welcome to another year of Thursday. I, we don't even keep up with. I don't know how many years we've been. I know
2: it's over ten. I know, know it's over ten. 12, but, yeah. I don't, but I don't. It's I just.
1: Lot. I have to go back. I have to really go back and try to figure out when we
2: started. It, it was before 2010 because we were talking about the midterm elections going to be tough. So well,
1: well I, and it, yeah, that's right. And it may have been. It was definitely before 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is at least year fourteen or fifteen. Wow.
2: Damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 14-15. Yeah, back then we weren't talking about being elder statesmen. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. We We're have,
1: evolving with the times. We have grown together, aged together, but you still don't have any gray hair.
2: I do. I, Mark, I see this gray. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there's some gray happening. Okay. But it's actually it's a nice gray. I, I like. Yeah, no, it. It's, it looks good. It looks good on you. It, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's favorable to you. I know our gray works for us, both of us. Okay. Cool. It's a very distinguished. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Otherwise, we look too young. Right. Right. Right.
1: right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want. I don't want to die. I, you know, you know how people overdie, yeah. and it's like your hair didn't used to be jet black when it wasn't working. <laughs> so why is it jet black now? I don't want to do that. So <laughs> nobody has jet black hair. So, so yeah <laughs> dailycoast.com news you can do something about thank you marcos as always thank you appreciate you all right talk to you, you uh, soon bye-bye. All right, bye-bye thanks for getting woke and listening to make it plain as always perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder a young person write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand and above all